0: All right, welcome to Chicago Baseball Podcast, episode four. Um, Today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the executive producer of the show, the commissioner himself, Kids for the Win. What's up, buddy?
1: What's going on? You finally got it correct. I am the uh, first person you should uh, talk about. Congratulations.
0: Yes, I don't even talk about myself. I go right to you. You shouldn't. I should just welcome the show. How's it going, Matt? Yes. Yeah. It's going well. Good. And then, of course, our guest today is the one, the only, Memo. What's up, Memo? Uh, good. Not making eye contact with anyone right now, just keeping it real and, you uh, <laughs> know, one day at a time. Well, I'm glad you're here today. Um, today's episode, we will discuss a few topics of yours Memo punning for one year. Uh, versus two years and the math behind it and when to sell off and then uh, we're going to get your strategies not just in the gambling world but in the draft too and so hopefully we'll get a little tidbits on that but before we get to that uh maddie is there any google docs
1: uh information you need to talk about before we move on Um, I kind of just streamlined it and uh, what I'm going to do. So every time we do the podcast, I'm going to do a Google doc update and hopefully share it like on a Sunday uh, with everyone. So the date that I updated it, the last date, and then the last uh, trade or contract or whatever that I put in. So the last one I put in was the Sean Max trade. So 118 was a, it's up to date through that. Nothing's happened after that. So it doesn't really matter, but Sean Max trades. Otherwise that all up to date. All right, so
0: uh, yeah, we will move on to uh, the next topic. Will be uh, punning versus one year versus two years. Uh, we kind of talked about this last week, but uh, memo. What's your uh, thoughts about punning one year versus two years?
2: So it's interesting, right? Like one of the things I love love the show. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> What one, one of the things that basically comes on for it, you were talking last week with Max about, hey, no one's ever really hunted for two years, um, just really gone after it really hard to try to do it. Um, and I started to think about the, the math and the equation of actually making that happen, right? Um, so when when do you do that? Like, well, it, is your team that bad that you actually have to, to punt out for it? And, you know, what, what are the circumstances that would actually make it happen? It, it's an interesting thing, but... Um, for those that matter uh, we play for monopoly money just throwing that out there for legal purposes um, let's say you have a hundred dollar monopoly bill that you're playing with um, and you throw that in there and your expected value if you punt is you lose that hundred bucks right um, if you go for it as a whole depending on, on the layout and what happens with it um, your overall expected value of assuming you know depending on how you do it, depending on how the math you use in terms of what it is, because it's never works out the way it should. um, You should on average win once every amount of times that you're in for the league. Right. So um, there's X amount of people in the league. You win once every decade, if that's the way the math works out for it, just, just the way it is. Right. The thing that basically comes up from it is if you punt, you're never going to win the first year. On the second year, how, how good does your team have to be in order for you to make up and recoup the last value that you had? And that, that's hard, man. Um, I, I actually was going through it, and just because of the random nature of the team, it, it's it'll be interesting to see what Dave's team does this year. Um, Dave's a, a fantastic player. And can he build and win based upon uh, how hard he punted last year, um, I, for me, th- there's no reason to punt for two years because you get so much value for punting for one year. What more value is it going to be able to get uh, for punting for two? I, I just don't, I don't see the, the inherent value of actually going for it.
1: Yeah, I uh, when Dave mentioned it, I thought it was kind of interesting. But the same side of it. We keep talking about putting for one year, putting for two years. You know, no one's actually ever just said, screw it. I'm just not going to pay for any long year contract. Sell everything off. Sell it all two years, three years, four years. Sell my A off and just get as much money you can. Draft and trade throughout the year. Don't sign any long-term deals. Play it as like this is the only year and go at it that way. Um, I know this is not exactly what we're talking about, but no one's ever done that. Um, and – to your point memo i don't think you need like what's two years is going to do like you said <laughs> it's just gonna add more money to you or more contracts and even if the, you get the right guys I, what if you don't get the right guys you know and uh i was oh, sorry I, I was just gonna say like i am back in 2017 so the winter meetings of 2017 I, I was just wanted to bring this up my team going into the draft right i had uh some shitty players and players that didn't even do well. I, have, I had Anthony Disconfani, I had Jameson Tyone, Kershaw, Strasburg, Stephen Matz, James Paxton, Yuhi Gurriel, or uh, Gurriel, and then Jonathan VR. That that was the year uh, that 2018 or 2017 was the year he didn't do much. So these players were not that good. I mean, Kershaw was okay, but he still wasn't that good. I drafted well, and I, I feel like I did, but I'm looking at the like the 10 players that I drafted at the end of it were horrible players. And I won in 2017. I do, or the next year, I won in 2018. I, I do believe, it. I don't but I'm just saying, like, you don't have. I, I don't think there's any value. I agree with you. I guess if, if you if you're saying that you don't, if there's no value in, in doing it for two years. I would agree with that. Scotty won in 2018. Sorry, I came in second place. But
2: yeah, but the thing, of it this way, right, there's 12 people in the league. If you have. Oh, you have a one in four chance of making the money, right? And if you if you make the money, um, Monopoly money, you basically on average are going to get what two hundred and sixty six dollars. It's just a um. What's the what's the payout structure? Eight four one. Oh, eight four one. No, eight three one. Eight three one, right? So you have um. 1200 bucks you have you have a 25% of, of winning 1200 bucks is $300 that you, is what you wind up getting for it right so every year that you punt, if everything was exactly the same you lose 300 bucks by punting right that that's that, that's your that's your loss right that, that's your expected value if everything worked out basically and you got one of the top 3 chances one of the top 3 is on average pays you 300 bucks so to win to punt for two years, you're losing six hundred dollars in value, right? So in the third year, if you just played it every year, you'd have nine hundred bucks for winning the whole league. You only win eight hundred bucks, Monopoly money. So punning two years just mathematically doesn't make sense because you're losing a hundred dollars in expected value by doing it that way. So and- that's, that's why it just the math of it makes absolutely no sense to actually punt for two years as a whole. And then there's the gameplay theory where you're saying, to your point, now that we can't carry cash over, now that we can't bring money, now that we can't bring $400 into the year or the next year to increase your chances for it, it it's just rough. But punting two years just because of, of the expected value that you have just for playing, it, it it makes no sense for what it is.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'm not uh, – well, look – how about this? Look at – how about – let's look at Max's team because he started in 2018. So 2018, 2019, that's two years. He essentially punted the last two years. And now look at his team. His team is stacked. I mean, like completely like, stacked. Like I, I, I still put it – I think as – if I looked at it as a whole, the teams that I'm scared of or the teams that I think I have the best chances of contending this year and contending for the next couple years, it's Max – dave you know and and then you know i I would always put myself in there i put scotty in there but that that's it and then you know um um then there's uh, then there's team rep below them then there's like you and i I think Don's team's there you know and um uh who else i don't know um but anyways i i I think the top tier is like max and dave really to be honest and then i think he did a pretty good job for playing for two years now he put in 200 dollars, he could win it this year and you know, he would win 800. So, he, well, he'll put 300 in. 300 and he'll win 800. That's pretty
2: good. Odds, odds value, I don't know. Yeah. If you thought you had zero chance of winning, it makes sense to punt. But I, I've seen too many teams just kind of inch into the playoffs and then kind of get close. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe it, it makes sense that – one of the things that, that comes up in this league quite a bit is, you know, Dave, you, Scotty are are definitely the the three of the cream. Uh, Chris is up there too, even though he saves all his money, which drives me nuts. But like there's a whole, there's a whole upper echelon piece where someone who hasn't won it, like I haven't won it for a while. Um, it, it makes sense for me to maybe, you know, punt off which I did pretty early last year, not as early as Dave, but I did okay with it. But even then, like, I, I was throwing away expected value by going for it, uh, by punting it away. So it, it, the math doesn't work for it. And it, it's interesting. I don't think any team is more than one year out from being great. Like, I don't, if everyone did what Dave did last year or what Max did last year, like, you can see how good their teams are. Just by aggressively doing it for one year, I just don't think there's enough inherent value for going it for for two years. I just I don't see it. I
0: think for you I, to punt I, two years, you would definitely you need you need a lot of luck on there, and you need to look ahead of what guys you're getting on long term deals because typically the guys you're getting are they're going to be cheap guys on long deals, but typically they're guys that haven't aren't superstars yet. They have the chance of being superstars, but typically they're not superstars yet. So you have to have that balance. Then you have to be able to draft right. So, you know, you, you have to put yourself, they're going to be nice supporting pieces typically is what you're getting. So for you to be able to do that, you're going to have, you're going to have to get lucky and you're going to need a lot of them to all be coming together in that next year. And not just one guy coming together, and the other rest of them still not coming along. Does that kind of make sense? I think. Oh yeah. Andy, two years, you would need all those guys, all to come. Like at the, it needs to be really the perfect storm.
2: Damn, I, yeah. I think you're 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 definitely a hundred percent head on. Like one of the things that, if you really wanted to do it, I actually thought way too much about this just because it's a fun thing to think about. You'd have to to sell for one year. And at the end of that first year, get so much money and capital and everything else like that, that you wind up buying the very best players on contracts, Uh, the very best players on contracts, not what Niz did. Thank you, Niz, by the way. I love you, buddy. But Vlad for 100 just destroyed the economics of this league. And hopefully we talk about it later on. But you buy two people on, on fantastic contracts and you use that as a core to give you more value cause you can't carry cash over from year to year. Um, and use that to Dom's point as a crutch and a foundation to build something long-term. Like it has to be that way or else you just, it doesn't work. Like it literally doesn't work at all.
1: Yeah. I, when that first topic was brought up and then we've talked about it via text and, you know, a little bit beforehand, the first person's team that I thought about actually was, was Niz's team. So, um, and I think it, like how down said it, like he just, Niz, Niz had a good team, maybe even, you know, a better than good team. Um, but he had a lot of setbacks and a lot of like perfect storm things that went the wrong way. So in 2018, Niz essentially was uh, the, the, the season, you know, uh, he, he finished, sorry, 2017, he finished in one, two, three, four, five, sixth place. Right. So 2018 comes and, he he had put together a fairly good team. I I feel like you know going into it, and then uh, so 2019, the last year, his team looked good in the in the um, the winter meetings. So you could have said that in 2019, he was going to take this team as far as you could go. Right? The problem, you know, b- before it started, 2018, he finished in second second to last place. Then he if he was to do what we're talking about, two years of selling off. He had an enormous, just tons of talent to sell off. I really do. And he did. He sold most of it, not all of those. some of it. He had Springer. He had Gallo. Um, I think someone would have taken Luis Castillo from him. You know, I would have definitely. I mean, you know, uh, he had uh, then two-year contracts was a good Raphael Devers, um, and then Giancarlo Stan Besides that, he still had an awesome core of Bobachette and Vlad, who he, he paid, a, you know, like you said, another 100 bucks for. So now fast forward one year later, 2020. This is the team that he was, you know, he's bringing essentially that team into it. And now we're looking at his team. Sorry. Uh, Where is he at? He he made a good run for it, but, you know, it it did not net him anything more than what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh place or sixth place. And now he has a Vlad, a Flamir Reyes, a a Sanchez, Kopac. His one-year players are Rosario, Devers, which is dollars, so you could franchise them, Luke Jackson, and Yasuo Puig. So he could almost do it again this year, and then the money he has is good. It's $208. So I could see someone like this that got really bad with luck, was on the cusp of making the playoffs, and I think he made the playoffs but it didn't go that well for him, is he would have to decide right then and there that couple weeks before, you know, the, the, the do I have a playoff team or not. He would have to sell then, take the money, take all the stuff he had now, and then do it one more year, and then he he'd be looking really, really good. I would feel like. So, I, I think it just comes down to it. If I don't know if your team's not doing well, you you can sell off, and it's something that you, you would have to decide on. You know, I don't think you have to. What I'm saying is, you don't have to decide on it at the beginning of the year.
0: Right. I got that. the. Last year, like I went in, like I thought I had some pieces, but I knew it was really going to be tough, like trying to get some s- s- superstars. I knew obviously, memo had was going to went crazy on the pitching, and then I'm like, well, I'll draft and then I'll see how it goes. I'll give it, you know, two months, and we'll see where I'm at. If I feel like if I can make a move, or if it's better off for me to sell, and it was kind of like that storm last year where. A lot of other people were doing the same thing. Myself, I started it, and then they got vetoed, and then Dave like decided that he was going to sell off, and then it was just a lot of dominoes started falling where people started selling off way earlier than we normally did, and it was kind of like, all right, there's these four teams for sure, but then these last two to three teams that kind of were like, I have a ch- I'm going to make the playoffs, but I want to sell off, but I'm in the playoffs, so... I'm not going to sell off.
1: Yeah. That Also too, is like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, Dave is the first one that I've actually seen. You can say, Oh, he was definitely selling off. He's done with it. There's still a half a season left. Here's Dave's team. And now he's going to go into next year and he's going for it. Um, and we'll see if, if it's halfway through the season, he's not doing well. And he needs to sell off again. Well, then he'll do it. And then, He'll be on a two-year
0: course, right? So, yeah. And, and if he doesn't, he's
1: done really well. Then he won't sell off.
0: Yeah, I think this topic is it's it's very interesting, and uh, it's just interesting to see how how people go at it and that. But uh, it's always good to get memos uh, input and kind of get that that little gamblers uh, side to it. I guess it's kind of long to go off. When do you, when's the right time to sell off? Is it you know? Is it right to sell off right away? Is it better to sell off last minute? You know, or be kind of be in the middle. So what's like what's your thoughts, Memo? When's when's the what's the criteria or whatever to sell off?
1: Hello? You you there, Memo? I can hear you. Okay.
0: It says he's connected.
2: It says he's connected. I'll uh, try sending him a
1: a thing again, maybe. Can can um, you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, Oh, there you go. Yeah, now. Oh, got it. Sorry.
2: Like, it it shows I was still connected. I heard you guys the whole time. Okay. Um, One of the things that basically comes up is is Dave last year, I I don't know what happened in, in the beginning of May, but that, that's more or less when he decided to sell off, right? And that was probably the earliest I've ever seen anyone sell off to that extent. Um, I always do, my date is always July 15th. That's the day I'm either going to go forward or sell or do my wacky thing where I try to sell, then buy, then sell, then buy, just depending on the mood. Um, but the whole thing is, I think he probably maximized the most amount of value of, of anyone that i see seen um, to be able to get that much. Value that much earlier, so I, I think because he did it when he did, he, he got the most amount of long term talent from it. Um, and I think one of the things that comes up is the teams as the trading season gets pushed up earlier and earlier, it, it makes you have to trade earlier to get it, get into
1: it. Yeah, I, 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 memo. Uh, I think Dave got lucky uh, because uh, because um, sorry, I can't even guess.
0: Daddy, <laughs> daddy, yes, everyone's. Nico wants to
1: join the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think, like good hot I, I think that Dave though kind of just a little bit Hi, lucky. Daddy. Straight off, and he did because I think Drew knew he was out of it. I think Drew wanted yeah. to make a. I think Drew just wanted. To, hey, you know what? I, I, I just here have. You know, take. I, I need the guys who can help me try to get Um. Kind of perspective on things, but you know, I mean, he's wrong. I still think Dave did it at that particular part of time. I, I don't. I think he got up, got. Up, got up.
2: So. so one of the benefits of knocking someone up when you're 19 is that you don't have kids when you're 42 it's weird
1: <laughs> little <laughs> bastards <laughs> but, yeah, i don't know like they that was that was the earliest i've ever seen someone like completely yeah. sell off like you know I made it as public as it could be with just not having as much money as it. I mean, uh, I mean, Domino, I mean, you, you, you sold off. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude when I say this, but I mean, to be honest around the same time that he was in it, you know I mean? When did you think your shot, your chances were like, I'm not going to win at all, but I'm going to sell off. But I'm, you know, I I mean, you always keep playing. I know it's fun to play no matter what. I mean, it's a game we play and we all love it and enjoy it. But
0: it was probably like week five or six. I'm like, I didn't think I could compete with the the standing. I was either, if I was winning, it was like four to five. It was like five, four and stuff. I wasn't able to blow out people. I just, I just didn't have what I thought was going to be able to compete. So I'm like, I thought I was better off trying to just sell off what I could get and try for next year. So I think it was more like around week five, six.
2: But but to answer the question that, that was put out, it's best to sell off first. Because that's when you're gonna get the most amount of, of value for it. Or if if you have two or three contenders at the end of the year and you're the only person with, with contracts or, or not with contracts, with players that are worth it, you do get a lot of value at the very, very end as well. It's sort of the the, it, the period in between time where it just sucks. Like, if you're the second or third person at the sell-off, you're, you're usually in bad shape because there's that, usually that many um, – there's usually at a certain period of time after, to Dom's point, week five to, let's say, week eight, where people are sort of trying to figure out to buy or sell, buy or sell, buy or sell. And at some point, like, everyone's still in it. So it's hard to, to, to pry talent from it, like it, it just yeah. is. And then at a certain point, everyone's decided that now that they have no chance on it, then there's three or four sellers and that no one's gonna market for it. So it, yeah. it's kind of going against the market inequality at that point.
0: I think, I, other I, than, I think, sorry, other than like you memo that does sells, then he buys, and then he, and then he buys, like daily
1: mm-hmm.
0: early. And then at that point when you were having your uh, your trade episode, um, he was – or he could have almost – all the access that he got, all those players, he was almost – he could have pulled off where he could have bought into it after so early.
2: Yeah. No, I, I tell you, I sell off – I sell – And then because there's so few people um, I sell off and then I have so much assets and people start wanting to sell off when there's no market for it, that I try to work in and try to get value for it. But it's wacky. And that's sort of my, my thing. Like I, I, when I'm in it, I love to trade and um, I love to basically dance around, but I don't know. I I, I remember last year, July 16th, I think is the date. I decided to sell off three of my top four pitchers. Um, just because someone hurt their arm and a bunch of other stuff. Like in one day, I probably traded $200 and plus in contract value um, just because I knew I was out of it. So
0: kind of way it worked yeah. out. I, think sometimes... I like
1: what you said, Melan. because – go ahead. Sorry, Melvin. No, go ahead. Well, I was just, just... – we're kind of getting farther past the talking about when to sell off thing. And I think you were correct in saying that like the first person to sell off and then the second person to sell off, and then you got your third person to kind of sell off. And I felt like it was a couple of years ago when I was seeing people sell off, and I'm like, man, I, I kind of want to get a part of this quote-unquote selling off. And I wouldn't mind selling some of the players that I had because I felt like I was on the cusp. I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. And I, I, was gonna. I think that year I, I made the playoffs, but I came in sixth place. It's like, what's if you don't come in first, you come in last in my book, and it, or at least you don't make it to the, like the, the final round. And I knew that my team wasn't good enough to do it. I just, I remember that year and I just, it wasn't good enough. Um, but I was like trying to sell off and I was just too late. Cause I remember like, I was going to Sean, almost like begging Sean to like take some of my players for like, like one of his long-term guys. And he's like, nah, I just don't see it. I'm like, like you have a better team than I do. And you can, you know, you're definitely going to make farther in the playoffs than I am. And uh, he was, you know, on the edge, of, it was almost in the same boat I was, I guess. And uh, I think you were right. Cause then toward the end of the, selling off or the end of the time period before you get to the uh, trade deadline, you know, there are, you, you still want to capitalize on, on that part of it too. But uh, yeah, you don't want to be like that third person to start selling off and things like that. And uh, just another side note on it. It's, it's hard to quote unquote sell off because people have such different values on things, honestly, again, you know, I don't want to keep beating the dead horse, but I mean, look at Sean, like Sean, like, sorry, I truly believe he overpaid to get players from Dom. And gave away more. He just gave away value to get negative value, if you want to call it that way, or whatever you want to say. You know. And but he value. He likes that those players, and he thinks that those players will build him a team that he can compete with. So 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 be it, I guess. But it's like I, I, you look at some of these trades, like going back to some of the you know the past years, and it's like I remember when people were selling off and getting players from them. I'm like, why did you sell? like quote unquote sell off or why did you trade away those short-term guys when the guys you got in return really aren't going to make your team any better next year or the year after that, because they're just, they weren't that good of a player to begin with. So, you know, how people, how people sell off too, is also a big factor into it because it's almost like a vicious circle. They keep doing it. And cause they're all, I'm not going to make it this year. I'm going to, am going to sell off and not really doing it the right way.
0: Yeah. I think what memo point is you want to be that first or second there's the most value and the pool when, you know, if you're that, I know some people will argue no, you want to be the last because you can get the most bang for your buck but if you're the last one a lot, a lot of the pool is going to be a lot smaller than, you know, what what's available. So I think you definitely want to be the first or second because I think if you wait until that, if you're in that middle you're not going to get the, you're going to get some pieces, but you're not going to get what you should be getting for. Same with the end. Sometimes it works out being the last one, I think, but I think you're better off going early to get the most bang for your buck or get the most air quote value.
2: Well,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll say mean, it right you know, now, weren't you?
0: What was that?
1: I felt like you were one of the last or last kind of people to sell off last year. At least that's how I, I, I feel like it was. I mean you, you mean you made a trade down to like the last like hour last year. So when did like last year, I mean when did you did you feel like you were like selling off or you know making the last final push at it when the, like the last people or no?
2: July sixteenth is when I sold off. Like I, I remember the date pretty pretty well. And I I was sort of in a unique position. I had so much top tier pitching talent that like I, I sort of killed some of the higher end market from it. like I knew I was gonna wind up getting um, uh, Eloy from someone like yeah I, I knew I was gonna get one of the top AAA guys, and that was what I really had my heart set on. Um, I, I, there was a couple people that I was really interested in, and I, I knew that it was gonna take something of you know sort of immense value. Um, and I had, you know, a couple people that were just high ticket people that for whatever reason weren't really performing. So it was just one of those things where I think my situation was unique because I had so much top tier talent and I had so much, um, so much communication. Around, I want to sell off. I'm going to sell off. And, you know, I'm selling off. I'm selling off. And, you know, I, I literally, I think I traded with three different people, you know, value of 60 plus dollars each you know pre-draft dollars like it was it was a, probably one of the biggest days of trading um in in, fan, in fantasy like legitimately like it was it was pretty big
0: so i think yeah, yeah. it's uh i think it's something that we should probably should keep kind of just not keeping like super crazy records but just kind of like something for us to look back at like all right when did this people sell off and what did it pay off being early or last so it's gonna be interesting you know so like you said uh it's we're gonna start seeing more and more people hope trying to see when is the best time for them to capitalize on if they're buying or selling and uh i think it's interesting that but uh i think we kind of thought that it's probably best to sell off early but there is some perks of selling off late um We'll move on. Well, I mean, here, this is
1: well, real fast. Sorry, I just, yeah. So, mem, he was right. He like the 16th Tuesday. He did sell off. Um, it's kind of odd he did it on that day because he still had four more days before the end of the trade deadline. But it doesn't really matter. But uh you made three trades. You traded Chris Sale to Niz for a two-year, two-year, two-dollar Caleb Smith. You traded. Corey Kluber, one year forty four dollars to Drew for two years of three dollar Julio Rias. and then you dropped me. And you traded uh, Justin Turner, one year fifteen, one year fifty seven dollar Max Scherzer, and a one year two dollar Felipe Vance, who burned or beat up or killed whatever. But anyways, um, to me for uh, two dollars, a four year one dollar Austin Riley, and a three year one dollar Gregory Polanco. Which is funny, I, I. You're right, Memo. Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, and Max Scherzer, all at some point were pretty injured that year. And even when you gave me Scherzer, he was on the IL. And Kluber, I think when you traded him, he was just coming off of the IL, right?
2: No, he was. He was actually still on it. I, I was shocked that someone got him. I'm like, oh, really? Sure, yeah. Let's do well, Then,
1: the, so you traded two guys on the IL away to get some pretty good value on it. And, you know, at least that's what I think. I mean. I mean, I I, I, I I, thought I actually got a really good deal on that trade, but looking back at it, Sergio didn't even help me at all. He was yeah. – I mean, like, he, he came back finally, like, the in the playoffs and didn't – I mean, he did okay, but it was whatever it was. Um, And then you were able to flip Riley at the uh, – uh, the what's it called, too, the winter meetings, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, and, I mean, picking a day like this and, you know, doing it and just kind of holding out to that. And at least that's what I thought you were doing and waiting for everyone to kind of come to you because you did have these assets – um yeah i i will say some of your trades are interesting and like kind of just going back to what sean does versus what you do and uh you know i i don't know if you would have got more value from some of these guys just because how injured they were and you know what they were going to give you give the person who was in it but um it's funny that you were able to trade and give away something to niz who was on the cusp or the bubble of making it and uh you know some someone who knew it was probably, you know, like he had to make a decision. Am I going to go for it or not go for it and sell off? And he made a decision to go for it. So it's all yeah. interesting. Really. It, it is all interesting.
0: No, for sure. All right. We'll move on to the next topic. Uh, what's your for the draft um, thoughts for the. To- to look at here, with a draft.
2: So, um, I'm going to actually give you my, my legitimate strategy of what I'm doing for my team um, and kind of literally give you what, what my plan is
0: going into it. Um, can I talk about this? Isn't one, this is when you do half the work and then this does half the work and <laughs> you don't do the work?
2: Dude, I, I, I was this is all of you work? a prototype tablet. It was
0: a train wreck. I, I Man, <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. I'll never forget. Yeah, it was the plan. It, it wasn't the best. <laughs> I, I literally didn't draft the team that year on purpose because I felt so bad.
1: Well, um, I want to know that you guys, at some point in time before the draft, you you talked about making a plan, right?
2: Uh, yeah, there, there was there was some some conversations about it, and this will be out at some point. We could we can go through it, but yeah, I but literally. I, I I'm missing that whole year out of pure guilt, good Catholic boy guilt. That's basically <laughs> what I did. I felt so bad.
1: Well, I don't know why well, Miz didn't call you or text you like maybe like the day before or the day off. Like he, the
2: morning. I, I literally, I like I was at Motorola at the time. I love Motorola for everyone who listens, mostly Ken Wong But like, there's a whole thing where I was on a prototype tablet. And there was a specific charger, and I had everything on there because I was so excited about using it. And I fucked it Most up. It was
1: too I was under the impression you didn't do anything. That's what I thought okay. too. No, there,
2: there was a, there were. I didn't give him anything until afterwards. I'm like, yo, I did it. Like, here it is. But there was a <laughs> uh, whole piece where, like... Oh,
0: okay. Because we were on the impression that uh, yeah, he I, did I, all I, his I, part and do any of didn't do any of.
2: And then that was that was the first year that I, I basically like I. I punted that year so bad. Like it was brutal. I didn't, I didn't even use the information he gave me and I didn't have any, I didn't know who was, who was available. Like at that draft, I don't know if you remember, but I didn't know who was available. I didn't have any values assigned for it because that was from his work and I didn't use any of his work because I felt bad because I didn't give him my work. So it was, it was, that was train wreck. Like, that was... Yeah,
1: that was, okay. Was so you just said, like, yeah, I don't want to do it. It was no, no, whatever. No. The reason was, you did do it. You didn't have it with you for whatever the reason may be, and then, okay. Yeah,
2: that's good of a technological thing, all but right. well, the, the nice thing about that is that, it, that actually taught me something, which is, you know, one of those, uh, the more you learn lessons, which is basically put everything in the cloud. So, for everyone who knows me, like, I love Google because now everything's on Drive. Like, I will never lose a document in my life ever again. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that, that comes up, though, is for, for the strategy for my team. Like, okay, so the draft, I don't know how everyone does it, but this is the way I always look at it. Last year, in order to win the, the league or make the playoffs, um, actually, specifically, it's make the playoffs with the bye, you had to have a certain amount of runs, a certain amount of RBIs, a certain amount of stolen bases, like all, all the basic metrics, right? And before the end of the year, I always get down and get the information about, you know, what every team did and, and try to figure out what would it take to actually do it. And so it's a money ball approach, right? It's, it's kind of a little bit old school now, but you got to see what everyone needs to do, wh- how many RBIs you need to have on paper, how many blah, 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 blah. And you construct a team for it. I'm a firm believer that you can punt on a couple stats. So every year I always punt on a stat or two. Um, and this year uh, I've got my two stats, and I think – Anyone that looks at my team probably knows what those stats are. And now going into the year, I feel like I've got a pretty decent offense. Um, The value position that I need to get is first base. And there's a shit ton of of first basemen that are on there. Um, I don't think there's any real difference in catchers. I need some relievers. Um, So I'm going to, and like, I'm literally telling you everyone, my strategy as of today who knows, it'll change. Like hmm. I've got a, a great pitcher that's uh, uh, discountable. So I'm going to draft him. I'm going to basically take the hometown discount on it, put it on my team. I'll probably spend 50 to 60 bucks on him, um, get three or four receivers in the 10 to $15 range, um, get a kind of a value first baseman, uh, cheap ass catcher, and then literally kind of go from it from from that perspective. Like, I I feel like my team at that point will be exceptionally solid. Um, I'll wait till the bottom end of the draft and kind of go after some value other players um, and very much go from there. Um, So I'm going for a very – go
1: ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, You do not have a franchise. You traded it to Niz.
2: No, I'm sorry. I I, I said franchise, but I meant um, hometown discount player.
1: Oh, you may maybe you did say hometown discount, and I was thinking franchise. I Just wanted to clarify. I Just wanted to make sure we were right on that. I didn't want I didn't want to think I messed up. I'm sorry. You did. I Think you did. No,
2: it's a thing. And and like, there's an obvious person that I kept from last year because I love the guy, and he um, Ian Hap. Well, who's that?
1: Ian Hap, right?
2: No, Joe Nathan. Yes, but like, you know, that was he, he, my
0: second guest was Joe Nathan.
2: Are you still? It's always for Joe him. Nathan. No, this is, I think, I think last year was the first year I'm not paying for Joe Nathan. So whatever. We can talk about dead money contracts later, but, um, so like literally I'll have three closers. I'll have two or three relievers or middle relievers, um, which I'll, I, I feel like have potential to maybe close or, you know, uh, snipe in some, some saves now and then get me some K's uh good whip. Good, good. Um, yeah, pretty good whip, I guess. And and literally kind of drive my, my pitching from that perspective. I think my offense right now it's probably a top half-ish. Um, get a decent first baseman with some value. Um, you know me, I, I love my, my Cardinals. And basically, we'll, we'll probably pick up someone from there because I'm a, sort of a weird homer for them and kind of drive that that whole piece of it. Um, but literally, that, that's what it is. But, like, Dom... Uh, can, uh, I'm sorry. Someone offered me a trade that would trade one of my top pitchers for a certain young white sock person. And I'm I'm honestly thinking about making that trade. And I think that I could pivot pretty quickly Um, just because I have so much value on my team right now. There's, there's another solution I can get where I ran the numbers and I could pretty much almost punt on starting pitching on some ways. Um, Just go very high end, high end closers and, put everything in the offense and I think kind of uh, have a team where I'd have a really good chance of getting six or seven categories a week, punting on two, and then I have one of them be a jump ball. Um, but my, my roster construction is never a balanced approach. I I'm very much high into two or three stats, kind of mid into three to four stats and then point on two, one be a variance and kind of go from there. That, that's always the way I, I've sort of built my roster construction, but Maddie is like fun. It is talking about me. Like, I'd love for you to talk about what your strategy is. And I know you get the Excel spreadsheets and everything else like that. But I say, all hail King Maddie. Probably about once a month.
0: Once a um, month. So- I feel like it's way more than that. I mean, it's hey, at least <laughs> once a once every two days, at least. Uh,
2: sometimes, uh, like you know, I try not to make too much eye contact because that gets weird. but like,
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: You know Yeah, and I, I I could dive into my strategy a little bit too and everything like that. But I always look at your team it, and I always feel like at least for the past couple of years, that you always have pivots you can make on it. And look at your team right now, we've talked about before and I you know, I think you got I got a solid team built around Eloy, um and Conforto, Bogarts, um McCutcheon still to some point. Uh, VR and depending on where Nicholas Castellanos goes. So that's, that's five, you know, you got an outfield and somewhat of a middle infield. So you got that. And then the pitching, I mean, I, I I like your pitching. I I think it's, you know, it's one of those teams you look up at the end of the year and like, dang that that, that's the pitching he had and that's the pitching that carried him. But I mean, Flaherty, Darvish, Kershaw, and then the aforementioned uh, hometown discount wherever that may be um, put that with, you know, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's going to get your shitload of K's. And then, you know, if you do decide to stick with some of these uh, RP guys, um, that you got, uh, you only got one, really.
2: Well, uh, Rios is going to come in and be, he's not going to start at any point this year. I guess he'll, he'll be the, the setup guy. And I actually think just because of his oh. injury history, he's going to end up being a closer.
1: You do, too, those two guys. But uh, but it's a solid team. Like, I agree with you 100%. It's a top five team, top six team, whatever you want to call it. Um, but looking at that, you still got some holes to fill. So, so you, got the mo- you got a little bit of money. You got 136. You could definitely go for pitching. You could go for top tier first baseman and just say, I'm going to go in crush power, I mean, the hitting categories. Or you got a Forrest Wheatley. You got uh, Andrew Vaughn, you know, two prospects. You got two more open prospect spots. So you could almost say, you know what? I have uh, Comforto. I have a Bogarts, a Kershaw, Kayla Smith, Andrew McCutcheon, Clarity, and a U Darvish a vr a Cassianos. i mean you got nine guys almost named right there i could start selling off early see where it gets me get some more contracts and uh triple guys and younger guys and if it works I'll, i like my team going in next year or if it doesn't like you said flip it later on it's just fun you you do i think you do a lot of similar things that i do to be honest so i love it all um and i you know it's it's a good strategy to have because um That is essentially what mine is. I have multiple strategies. I have multiple different avenues to go through. Um, One of the things I was just looking at recently, I was uh, listening to a podcast that I, I, it was uh, one that. And uh, they were talking about like, uh, just taking, like literally have a list of all the players that you want to draft and just put them who is the number one player you would love to draft? So like the number one player I would love to draft would be, you know, my Chop. Well, who's the fifth player you want to draft? And you put it in that order and that's the way you go about building your team, even if it's an auction or if it's a snake draft or whatever it is. And once it comes to like, you know, I got two second basemen and, you know, or I have, I have a second baseman. I don't need them really. Or like for me, example, I have a second baseman. I have a shortstop. Uh, I don't have a first baseman. I'm not, drafting a second baseman, I'm not going to draft a shortstop um, I, on top of that is because I got a guy that second and short on my bench that I like, and I think should be well or do well. You know, I'm, I'm trusting, hopefully he does. And I, I, I have the perfect scenario for my team is I have a bench guy that's second and short and I have a second baseman and a shortstop. I love it. And I'm gonna. That's like two positions in the draft. That I just not even going to worry about and focus on everything else. Um, and I literally, I started constructing this like list of like first base, third base pitchers, and just kind of going down that way. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I'm think I might do this and cross them off as it goes. And I think I was talking to about this. This is one of the first years where all the hyped guys are already taken. Like if yeah. you go through like listen to podcasts and stuff, like the hype guy, oh, well he's on Max's team or he's on Dave's team or you know Scott's got him or you know. You got Flaherty because everyone's like, you know, up in the air on Flaherty. And then there's VR who, you know, half the, you know, industry thinks he's nothing. Then you got the other half who's going to think he's going to steal 60 bases. So this is just one of those years, you know, where my strategy is is basically it's going into it with like, you know, uh, you know, sandals and a pair of khakis and sipping on a cocktail. And whoever comes up to me, if I like the value, I'll get them. If I don't, I'll, I got 10 more guys beneath them. And uh, I'm loving it this year because uh, I really just – it's an easygoing type of thing. That's that's what the cat keeps in the sandals and the my tank or the drinking. Easy-going type of thing. So uh, that's 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 really, I think, I, uh, my strategy for this year. I have a list of guys, and these are the guys I want. And if they come up and I like the price, I'll get them. If I don't, then oh well. And uh, having those options because I got four AAA spots. I just kind of like AAA guys. I think that's all it is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have four AAA spots too, which is pretty funny. But think, think of this, right? Um, tying it back to a little bit of poker and gambling because it's sort of a thing for me. There's something called ICM. It's Independent Chip Model. So one of the things I talked about earlier: twelve teams on average. You know, you're going to be a top four. The average value is three hundred bucks, but there's so much more value up top versus winning eight hundred versus winning one. Where if I'm in sixth place. And there's a team that I just don't stack up against or two teams usually that I don't stack up against with my team right now as constructed with all these really pretty decent one-year players that, you know, hopefully hit. If something happens to two or three of them, I I can, I can punt on those guys go after someone that maybe I hail to every so often and Mm -hmm. sell them off you know, maybe VR's on my team because there's a triple A guy that I like on someone else's team. Just throwing it out there. I'm maybe saying that. And maybe at that point, what I can do is sell off early, get a ton of value, get someone like a three three-year $18 contract that's out there. Um, get some some people that are just huge value and bring it into next year. But or I can pivot with with, I know I'm gonna draft another triple A guy's. I've hit very, very well on my AAA guys. Um, Brendan Rodgers, excused, but like I just love that guy. Um, but one of the things that basically comes up is I, I can buy or I can sell this year. So I, I, I will definitely be a player, uh, to, to Maddie's point, be able to pivot one way or the other. Uh, I'll, I'll have my khakis and probably won't wear sandals, but you know I'll have my gym shoes probably with no socks because that's my thing, and uh, kind of see where it goes.
1: Yeah, that was a bad analogy. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I mean I wouldn't make eye contact in that analogy, but that's
0: it, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, just khakis and sandals. I don't know.
0: Khaki shorts. Yeah, khaki, khaki shorts. Shirt. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, no, it's 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 always interesting. Uh, I, I think.
2: Um, oh wait, just, let me. Let one one sorry, thing, but, I, I I do apologize, but. I was talking about independent chip model and give me like 30 seconds on this, but there's so much more value at being at the top of winning it for 800 bucks, uh, 800 Monopoly dollars, uh, versus basically only winning 100 for a third that it's worth it to actually sell off all my assets, right? Like at the end of the year, if I'm close and I can sell off Eloy and give myself an additional 50% chance of being in the top two spots. I almost have to do that just, just from a pure math perspective. Cause if I get in the second place that pays for three years of the fantasy league, right? Just, just one way to think of it. Or if I win it, it's 800 bucks, right? That That's a slight upgrade. When I play in the world series this year, like I, I can actually stay in a room with uh, a in it if I want, or, you know, the sauna or whatever the F I want to do, I wouldn't, but I could like, th- that's, that's something that actually has some value to me for it. So you know, if it comes down to the end of the year and I feel like I can sell off all of my long-term assets to basically really go for it, um, I'll do that because an independent chip model or in whatever we want to call it for fantasy baseball, it makes sense to actually go for the top because the payouts are so much higher. The worst thing you can do in this league is be just like almost any league, like be in fourth, fifth, or sixth. Like, it's terrible. It's fun. Like, I, I love doing this podcast. You know, I love, t- you know, the text messages and all the other stuff, but... Um, from a gambler's perspective, you, you do want to win every so often just to be able to pay it off.
1: Hey, real fast, Mama, I, you said something that got me thinking. Uh, you said you said you have, you have did well with your A spots. And, and I, I'm like, I don't know. Has he? Has he not? You know, and I, I really don't know. Um, you, that is right. Did, you drafted Brendan Rodgers. I'm pretty sure, right?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, <coughs> I, had, I had Brendan Rodgers on my team for
1: oh, my probably God, forever. Like yeah. four years now.
2: Yeah, for three, four years. But, he,
1: but he's, he's, I was just kind of just making a funny – I was just laughing or making a funny, silly point about it. But um, you don't really – you haven't really picked up a lot of AAAs via draft. You've more acquired them via trade. And, like, 2016, you had Brendan Rodgers and Alex Reyes, who's back on your team now because you did trade them away. You got him back. But then in the next year, uh, Brendan Rodgers again, Vladimir, Nick Senzel, Eloy, and Forrest Whitley. None of those guys, except for Brandon Rodgers and Whitley, you, you drafted. You got Eli from me, Senzel from someone else, Vlad from someone else, correct? I think.
2: Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that, that winds up being the case. I, I don't remember where, how, I got, uh, how I got Guerrero. I actually, I don't remember that. But th- there's one of the I mean, things where I've done a very good job of, of getting some AAA guys and then flipping – buying them for – on the dollar and selling them off for $0.50 or $0.60 on the dollar. I
1: think think, think you've done a better job of that, not essentially drafting AAA spots, but I think you've done a better job of acquiring them and selling them for a higher dollar amount. And looking at from the last couple of years, I'd say you've probably done it better than anybody. Yeah. Most of this is in the $100 for Eloy, but still, I mean, like, you traded – I mean, you've done – I think you've done a pretty good job
2: with it. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, one of the other strategies that I think everyone in this league should have is bid me up on AAA, guys, because it's always fun, and bid you up on every player you ever bid for because you all hail King Maddie, And that should be one of those things where everyone you pick up is gold.
1: Last year was the worst year for that. I I, I almost thank God uh, that that happened. I thank God. I mean, I mean I'm, t- I'm grateful that that happened because, like, I looked at nice. that like in the draft, and I looked at that like in the during the season. Uh, I didn't get a lot of the guys I wanted to at the draft. I, I had to go really far down my list, and a lot of the guys that I did want, like oh my god, I'm, they didn't pan out at all. And yeah. I'm not pretty happy about that. But uh, yeah, that happened, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess. Before <laughs> um, wrap up memo, I just wanted to ask you a question. Two, actually two questions. One, the first one is. Do you set a certain amount or is it a percent of your budget to bid on players for Maddie? The bid against Maddie.
2: Uh that's a really great question. I actually do have a dedicated $20 slush fund and two roster spots dedicated to two people that Maddie bid on. Like I, I literally right. do that every single year. I'm not even kidding. It's really funny. Like, I know I legitimately do I that.
0: Like I wasn't sure yeah, how much like, money do you, is it a certain amount or is it a percent it's, it's, uh, it's, i know it's you two, do i know you do
2: it's it's two slots 20 bucks like it, it literally is and one of these days is gonna drop someone on me right like there'll be like you know i really dropped the money but like no every, every single year it, it's it isn't been that so oh man it's, can't believe you call me out publicly for that, Tom. That's, that's that's pretty wicked. Oh well, it's just part think,
0: of the host. It's the host. It's really not Tom. It's it's the it's his host personality. It's like hal Carrollson and Ken. Harrel. You know, it's they're two different people. Gotcha. All right. And my second question yeah, is: yeah. You kind of mentioned is it. Question. Is it better to does the odds say is it better to load up on categories or is it better to try to be the even flow? Uh, the, the math actually says that you want to be even
2: flow because it gives you the better the better ability to pivot okay. so ha- having the having more opportunities to improve your team is really important um, and in a short series unless you've got like having saves locked up is probably the most important thing i 've noticed in a short series if you have save locked up, you pretty much win it. Like, it, it's sort of the, the tiebreaker. All the other pitching categories are so random, um, unless you're streaming K's. But it's it's interesting. But staying as fluid as possible and being um, as balanced as possible is, is always the way that you should do it. But I don't – my teams as a whole, I've, I've got such glaring weaknesses that um, I just have to make do with what I can do.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for those – your insights on those two questions, especially the first one, I thought I think everyone was very interested in knowing. Uh, Maddie, anything else?
1: Uh, no, I um, we kind of asked it last week. I don't know, remember you got any thoughts? I, I know you um, you alluded to this that there um, or you uh, I don't even know what the right word is, but you talked about it that you might have a trade in the works with somebody else. But do you think anybody else is going to make any more trades? And oh, I, I, I put a couple of feelers out of there, but um, I really do think I. I Am I honest with is, you know, now by saying this might not happen or because you and Dominic make a trade. But I, I don't think anybody else is going to make any more trades. Uh,
2: I am um, uh, i don't know. Uh, Max is on last week. I was part of that conversation. Um, I'm actually very interested to see what happens. So uh, I've been going back and forth with him on uh, a player. So if you've listened, you know who it is. And uh, well, interesting to see where that, that actually comes to and I actually do think I'm going to make that trade with Domino I'm not really willing to uh, to announce Reveal. it yet, yeah oh, yes. I mean we, we can talk about it if you want Tom I mean, we, can, we can literally talk about it but I, I, I think I'm going to do it but I, I'm actually having to repivot my whole plan because that's you know Darvish would give me 150 to 200 K's and I think he's going to have a, a pretty good year um, as a whole, um, he would so give you I,
1: 100, 180 to two hundred k's. One hundred and fifty is really low, unless he got hurt. He's, yeah, I'm. I'm I, he, always, he
2: always, you know, misses a game or two, and you know, it's the stupid baseball in America being bigger than the Japanese baseball, right? Like it just hurts. Yeah, he's, risk. he's he's
1: he's a one hundred and eighty
2: k guy. Like yeah, I I, I I think so too. But yeah, just being conservative. And sure. you know I, that, that's a lot of pitching I'd have to actually do a little bit more research in. Like I, I, I literally am gonna get like everyone knows I'm gonna go for Degrom just because he's he's my new boy. He's my new Joe Nathan, and you know it, it, it'll be a thing. You know, there'll be a, a this this love affair that I'll have, and uh, you know I, I think that's that's my plan. You know, if I get Degrom on my team, if I got three pitchers that should get me 200 strikeouts, and a couple other guys that'll get me. 150-ish. I've got two relievers that'll probably get me between 75 to 100. You know, I'll have 1,200 Ks. That's that's a real number. Like that's that's a really good pitching staff at that point for Ks. Um, so the we'll interesting, yeah, it, it's a big number. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah. So I know there's, I know Scotty was kind of sending a lot of feelers out. The other night, I don't know if he had some drinks or what was going on. And, you know, obviously, Max, I think Max is always up for a trade, and I'm always willing to listen to a trade. So I think there might be another trade or two before the deadline. But I think for the most part, I think most teams are kind of set where they are. They might, unless something happens in spring training where they want to drop someone, or, but I think unless they need a need. But I think there could be a, another trade or two, at least, at least hopefully with UME and and memo, uh, you know, obviously we got some time to keep working out or, you know, you want to work on your, some other strategies. If you do make these trades to see how you want to go with it. But I know we definitely talked about Darvis, unless you, you know, Flattery is a, he's a hot name right now.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, a, I'm amazed how many people have been asking me about flattery and like, I will tell you this right now, right? I, I mean, if people have really asked about him three, wow, like, yeah. I mean, that's a lot, it's a lot of oh, people yeah. asking about a player in January, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and like, he's if, a hot podcast though,
2: yeah, he's he's all over the podcast right now, and like, I, I like him, like, I, I targeted him, I'm shocked that you gave him to me, like, I, like, I know you love Juan Soto, like, that he, he's been your boy. Um, so like, I, I get it, but I, I feel like I, I really like VR. Like I, I you, you never heard me down talk. him. like, I was, I was all over that. He'll get 40 to 60 stolen bases. Like, you know, fine. I'll, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I, I actually, that trade is very interesting. It was, is this possibility <laughs> is it, it was all, it was all interesting. I, I actually do think there'll be two more trades that'll come through at the very least. I, I think I'm good for probably at least one of them. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, let, let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. So any other thoughts
0: before we wrap up memo? Uh,
2: I would be remiss if I didn't at least kind of talk about Kobe just for one second. I know it's not really baseball related, but you know, I always admire people who in life basically do their very best and kind of reach the pinnacle of success. You know, I, I kind of think about what, what it took for them to actually get to that point And, uh, with the tragic news that would happened with Kobe, it's, it kind of gives me pa- a little bit of pause about certain things in my life and what I've done um, and seeing someone like that and how they've a- actually been able to elevate and make themselves great. And, uh, sort of is what it is. Uh, prayers out for his family and, you know, hope, uh, he's going to get all the love in the world. But, you know, he's someone that definitely motivated a lot of people throughout the whole U.S. and to the whole world. So I, I sort of admire that.
0: Yeah, well said. I feel well said. what goes out to his wife and his kids. That's that's definitely the the heartbreaker for sure.
2: Uh, and thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. Uh, really appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Definitely, Maddie for coming on. Yeah. No, that's it. It's a uh, another mm-hmm. podcast in the books and uh, Max and then Memo. And uh, I don't know. We don't have anybody for next week. So if anybody's listening to this and wants to get on that hasn't been on or you know. You're up first. Then after that, Max. Remember, if you want to come back on, <laughs> or nobody. I don't know. Or maybe Nico wants to join next week and give us some insights on what you know who he's targeting in the kindergarten <laughs> kind of range of <laughs>
2: the 2030 um, class. Uh, well, yeah, one thing like, though, like j- just before the just before the start of the season, I would actually like to have one that's a little bit more uh, giving. I think what my true odds, like Matt or uh, Scotty, every year does like, hey, what he thinks people would do. So I would actually love to have a, a, a podcast where we rank the teams, um, put odds on them, and kind of see how wrong we are at the end of the year. That, that'd be kind of fun. Um, but yeah. it, it'd, be, it'd be interesting. Maybe after the draft we do it, but I'd love to be on again just before it starts to get hot and heavy. That, that'd be great. But again, guys, thanks, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, love, love, love you, love your show. All hail King
0: Maddie. <laughs> well, like Maddie said, if anyone... Like to break down a team, have a topic they like to discuss, uh, give their two cents in on one year, two year rebuild, uh, let us know. If not, we'll hopefully get to, me and Matthew will get together some point between now and next week and maybe talk a little more about some other team. So, uh, Chicago baseball.